Let's do this. I've already pressed record, Tony. You were jumping up and down. I've got to get some blood flowing through these veins. Been out in the cold. My life has been slipping out of my soul. Woo! Are we Are recording? Ready? We're recording, mate. Um, yeah, this is a go. cold open, mate. We're not We're not editing this. This is a no-edit right. show. That's why I got standing desk, mate. I need to keep flexible, active, alive. <laughs> <laughs> keep this uh, energy up. It's because I'm so tired. If I'm not moving, I'm yawning. So I apologise now for anyone that is listening. Uh, for when you hear me suck some air in later on, like. Uh, but I'm good, mate. How are you, Adam? I'm good, mate. I it's been. A, I think for both of us, it's been a long old week. And it's been a busy two weeks, hasn't it? Really, because we've not been on the mics yeah. for yeah for two weeks. Turns out we're both in the habit now of just living our lives from our calendars. What are you laughing at? Considering we were like, guys, guys, you've got to email in, which we've got a bunch of emails in. We were saying, if you don't email in, we will not do another show. And we did two shows. And they were like, someone just didn't email in that week, obviously. Uh, Everyone emailed in. Everyone we, emailed in. We, we got emails us. in. It was on us. We were just so busy. It's, cal- it's in the calendar. And yeah. to be honest, I, I didn't realize how much I would miss it, mate, because we haven't caught up properly. Uh, and this is really just like a bit of a decompress. But we actually spent a bit yeah. of time together this week. I was down in London Monday night till late last night, actually. So Monday to Thursday. So it's been, Long been a fair few days away from the family, actually. And sorry, doesn't listen to the show, so it saved me saying it. I don't normally miss them, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. I don't know. What... <laughs> just gonna say it as it is. Like normally, you just get on with it, put your head down. But I don't know what it was about this week. But I miss them and I miss the boys. And I think uh, I think it's it might be because shameless plug. I'm just gonna get the shameless plug out of the way. But we launched a podcast together called Future Sharks and Dragons, which is mm. me, Sarah, the two boys, and it's uh, I can't remember the the hook for the show i think it's like a business podcast for future founders come on mate come something on. like that no it's stronger than that i just can't remember it one sec i can pull it up one sec you want me to guys me give it in you. the next 20 minutes we're going to play a call of snippers uh well it's uh future charts and dragons the business podcast made for the little ones with big ideas so the idea is uh i think i could probably mention a previous show but my my boy started watching shark tank and dragons den with me and then i was like they're probably not gonna enjoy it but we'll see Brought them downstairs. Then they started asking some cool questions like what's equity? What's a license deal? What's a royalty? And they started getting into it. And then they'd pause it and they'd ask me like, is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? And then they give me their opinion. Um, so kind of just built on that really. So it was a little bit of fun where we're launching a podcast, which is, well, we've launched a podcast. Um, so if anyone is listening to this that has little ones, search for Future Sharks and Dragons. Give me a five-star rating. Someone randomly, by the way, has already listened to it that I don't know who it is and left it a five star rating. And they and they the review was something like, uh, "My little boy Eric loves this. He can't work out whether he's a future shark or future dragon." Anyway, it's a bit of fun, but I guess coming back to why I mentioned it is, I think I'm just doing more with the boys now and then missing them a little bit more. So good to be home. Busy old week. <laughs> That's what it's like to be a father, mate, that is. <laughs> uh, 437 episodes in, I wonder if my boys ever listen to this bit again. What do you mean you've never missed us before? Uh, I can't believe I put that on the mics. But if there's one thing we are on this show, Harry, it's honest. 
absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> felt it. I, just well, to, just on that note, actually, because I, cause I, I, I asked you actually at the time, um, I thought it might be interesting just to put it on the mics. It's like, why, why are you at the office as frequently as you are? Because you don't, correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't have to be in the office was it like three, four, four days a week this week? But you're not always having to be in the office, are you? Is there, why are you in the office as much as you are at the moment? Yeah, in in terms of, I guess just in terms of like pure requirement, there's probably only like two days a month where I need to be there. Um, oh, really? So you, of, you, so you really don't need to be in the office? Yeah, really don't need to be there. Then. I just think a couple of things where sort of like a new new faces, new people. So it's just a new company. So being yeah. part of the team and the culture, like just getting to see people face to face. There's something you just can't do over zoom. I know that people are building remote first companies like fully remote, but I think there's just, and maybe you can do it. I just believe it will probably take longer. Whereas the ability to just chinwag with someone, go for a coffee in person, meet people, build a relationship. Cause if you think about what I'm doing largely, like 50% of my role is understanding the work that we do, how we help companies grow the right way and being able to really champion the business and champion the people in it. And I guess my job is to make the Growth Foundation famous is probably the best way to explain it uh, through like BD as well as some of the other things I'm working on like podcasts and events. Uh, But I just kind of threw myself into it because I think I'll get faster results you know, like just I'm ambitious, naturally entrepreneurial. Like I'm trying to carve my own, my own little, uh, I guess my own little area of this business where I can drive it forward. And in order to do that, I think I just need to fully immerse myself in it, know the team. So um, where possible, I'm getting down there and we have like this calendar system. So as soon as I can see people in there, which I either want to hang out with because I'm working on something relevant to them or I'm like, oh, I've never spent any time with that person. They're in. I'll go down. Um, that's sort of like my goal at the moment. So they're quite a lot. And to be honest, uh, I'd probably say enjoy it as well. I don't mean just the office. That's natural. But like I enjoy the buzz of London. I enjoyed that. But the four days this week has it's been tiring. Uh, yeah. So I'll tell you what, probably I'll tell you two what, days uh, a week is where my sweet spot will be. Where that office is with the uh, the free coffee and patisseries, mate. Whew, lethal. <laughs> the oh, uh, mate, savage kind of, on my uh, waistline. <laughs> completely going off topic here but uh sam wilcox was down down on thursday actually um doing a bit of work with us um well for us and well with us what for tgf yeah Yeah, so he's so for people that haven't been following sam's journey he's launched an agency called natural and one of the skills he's got there is like building on a platform called bubble so he's he's coming and helped to significantly build a not uh, noodle.io. Not, noodle. <laughs> not noodle.io. <laughs> yeah, it's just helped us uh, put some blocks together with a tool we're building. Um, so that was cool. But we found a place called Buns and Buns in Covent Garden, which is like 10 minutes away. And honestly, mate, I was singing of you yesterday because the calamari there is the best mm. I've ever had. It's not normal. It's not like you'd normally have it, but it's stunning. So when you're next down there, mate, I've got to take you to get some calamari. Mate, we're like seven minutes into the show. <laughs> amazing i've missed you we don't we uh, don't get to we don't get to spend time together that's why it was that's why it was enjoyable driving to london together let's that, talk about that let's, because i think there's some interesting stuff so um we actually spent a bit of time together professionally again for the first mm-hmm. time in a few months um so monday night like you say drove down to london together uh it, like you say it was cool to hang out and just talk and just catch up for a good couple of hours um do, shall i give the context as to why you were there and then we can probably go into because 
just before we hit record, you're like, actually, there's something interesting that happened on Tuesday that's probably worth discussing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's like going from an entrepreneur to employed. And I guess I'm navigating that at the moment, which is interesting. Um, yeah, pre- preface it and then we'll, uh, then we'll talk about the challenges you faced yeah. <laughs> or, or that, I, uh, that I helped with. Actually, I'm, such, just a, I'm a, such a good listener, mate, by the way. God, just I tell you what. <laughs> you're brilliant. You're absolutely brilliant. Uh, there's a couple of things. You coached me, basically, on Tuesday. It was, it was beautiful. Um, but as an aside, just to put a pin in this, this is not relevant to why you, we were together on Tuesday, uh, but another friend of the show. It's been a very, it's been a very interesting week because it's just been friends of the show or friends generally I've been working with. So Alex from Inkthreadable actually came down oh, yeah. with his um, partner and business partner, Amy, who we co-founded Incredible with, and um, presented to the Growth Foundation at our all hands because the context there is uh, part of what I'm building is uh, making, I guess, the amazing experience of people we've got inside the Growth Foundation, make them more accessible through events and podcasts and bits like that. So having the, the team hear from founders uh, is something that I think will be really like important so they kind of know the struggles that they go through. So he came what, and presented for an hour. What was, I, I guess, what was, what was, what, what did Alex get out of it, I guess, uh, um, from, because from, you just wheeled him in and got him to present in front of the, the Growth Foundation. Yeah, he did got he free, get... free tea, coffee and pastries, as you mentioned. <laughs> hey, w- w- worth the drive, that is, man, I tell you what. Yeah, sorted. Worth no, so we're, doing, we're actually doing some work with Alex. So there's a couple of members of the team that are working directly with him. And it was kind of a double benefit is he's helping me out, uh, which I guess is just what we do as part of the network. Uh, we just help each other out where we can um, in sort of like my mission internally within the Growth Foundation, uh, but also by he- by having him share his full story, the, the people that he's working with, they just get a, a stronger connection to who he is, what he's about, uh, him and Amy and where they're driving things. It was so inspirational. Uh, and I guess it'll be an amazing guy to get on to this show, actually. He, he did a he did a deck which was sort of what founders founders below five million quid what they what they go through that was the the remit that i was trying to drive home uh and he managed to just put some stuff into words that i'd never probably said but 100 percent thought and felt so I, I won't spoil it but alex if you're listening um let's book that in come and jump on the show and basically just go through what you went through for 30 minutes at Grow Foundation because it will resonate so hard for so many people that listen to this podcast I think there were so many gems in there and I, I guess what the value there is hearing it and knowing that you're that it's okay to feel like that as a CEO or an MD like it happens you're not a snowflake there's others in the same boat um, I think it was hugely valuable so uh, that's a complete aside we'll put in that we'll bring Alex onto the show if you're up for it mate um, if you're listening drop me a note um tuesday you're down uh at the growth foundation because uh one of the pr- we've got a product uh that helps increase conversion rate at checkout for e-com stores uh but right now i'm sort of having to kind of like one-to-one it like speak to people get on calls and demo it um because that product's been like in alpha now it's in beta but we're at a point now where we're trying to i guess to use that phrase again make it famous and and really grow it and scale it um, but there's there's no real videography resource within the Growth Foundation as a as a skill. Uh, so I was like, I know a guy. <laughs> uh, so it, it was amazing to have you come down. Uh, we spent some time, uh, myself, uh, Rich, uh, and Ed, and sort of 
created content, uh, which was a, a bit podcast formatty for some of it, which was great. Uh, and then some more, I guess, social media ads and bits like that. So I guess the, the, the context and the summary is you came down to help us shoot content for a product at uh, the Grow Foundation that we're launching. And then over lunch, you kind of softly interrogated me <laughs> over what was going on. Do you want to do you want to pick it up? Yeah, well, I guess it's interesting because I was just sort of thinking about it again as you were um, explaining it, but it's actually something that I'm completely used to, especially in sort of the nature of uh, what I do, work, just working with like client work, right? Cl delivering things that they have sort of a very specific requirement on. <clears throat> so I'm used to <laughs> working uh, with other people, working for other people, um, you know, and, and delivering on what they want. But I, I could tell that, well, and you even voiced it whilst we were doing, like, in between takes and stuff like that, as we were trying to get the message across on certain things, you were, you, I could tell that you were struggling in a way that was like, uh, you, like, you kept saying, I feel like a robot, I feel like I'm not coming across in the right way. And it was because it was, it was because it's not just like wind Adam Callow up and let him go. It's like, well, we need to, we need to hit a certain tone of voice. You know, we need to keep some, you know, we need to keep it on brand is probably the easiest mm -hmm. way of sort of describing it. But because that's not, because the on brand isn't, whatever Adam Callow says anymore it's like we know we've got like the growth foundation has an image has a message has a voice tone of voice we've got to stick to that and you've got to work within those constraints it's not a constraining um it's not a particularly constraining set of constraints for lack of, <laughs> of, of the English language um you know like it was actually what we were recording was sort of a, a very laid-back conversation but it was just you know, it, it, it was just really interesting to see how, and the fact that you were verbalizing it, how it's like, oh, you felt like you were having to, it was like a, clearly like a, a, a lead weight on your back just trying to work through. But you came across, because you are professional, you came across extremely professional. You delivered everything well. You know how to interview people. So like you were great on camera, but it was just really interesting how clearly internally that was something that you were like oh, wrestling with and just not i guess were you just not feeling like yourself because you were just trying to be too professional i don't know i don't know yeah how, how are you feeling <laughs> let's turn this into a therapy session um yeah. how does that make you feel mate i, I guess like the overarching thing here is like going from an entrepreneur running your, your own business into an employee and that's naturally just going to come with some different challenges that I'll have to navigate but I didn't expect this to be one of them and I think if you I, I guess to define the challenge of what it, what it was is whether it's the podcast or whether it's through expert trades or other work that brand and those tones have always just been like built around me so I'm me on this podcast I'm just me me and my mm. mate catching up expert trades was sort of kind of built around how I communicate with the trades and we sort of built the brand, the image, the tone out of how like I communicated. There wasn't actually a strategy or I guess consideration to how should we communicate to trades professionals. We just, this is how Adam did it because he started it and that trickles into how the next person does it because they joined the company. And I guess there's lots of founders of small businesses right now that that probably resonate with is 
have you actually taken a step back and defined your tone of voice? Because we didn't. <clears throat> and I don't think we still have. Um, but it's, it's interesting to, that's probably a separate conversation to work that out. But what's happened there is like, I was able to just show up and not, it's not that I would just vomit words and just talk for the sake of it. But <laughs> I, I, because I knew my stuff and I didn't have to think what's the tone here. What, how am I, how, how does this need to land with the other person that's listening to it or seeing it? I could just be me and it would flow. Whereas I'm now coming into a, someone else's business where they have a very clear identity because they've got a couple of amazing people in the brand and creative team or a few amazing people in the brand and creative team that have defined very clearly like who we are, how we show up, what we look like. But because that's so clearly defined, and I'm, I've obviously tried to immerse myself in that and learn what's, what's the right way to grow, what's, how do we show up as a company? Because I've kind of read that and consumed it, I then found like it like rattling around in my head so every time I was thinking about something to say or a question to ask, like interview style podcasty bits, I was just like, it was bouncing around going, is this the right tone? Is that the right word? Should I say it differently? And then because that noise is going on, you don't quite feel present. And it's mm. sort of like, it kind of felt inauthentic. And I'm like this, you know, like you say, you kind of like people can't see, but maybe they're watching the video, but it was like that lead weight. I was like, oh, and it just felt like a bit of a straight jacket around me. Yeah, and it's almost, it's almost as if you, when you become so focused on, on sort of what you're saying and how you're saying it, you then stop thinking about what the other person is saying. Mm. So, so then it becomes less of a conversation and you just like question, answer, question, answer. Yeah, just Whereas, because they think it's like prepped in your head. It's like irrelevant of what yeah. they say. I've got to cue this next thing up because it's taking me way longer to cue it up in my head than just a normal conversation would, which yeah, and takes it, away from all the fun of it, to be honest. Yeah, and like that's kind of, um, I think that's actually like interview 101, like to get a good interview, you need to be like, you need to be listening to the, to the guest, right? And if you're so focused on, even if it's just like you've got 21 questions that you want to hit this person with, if you're so focused on asking the question or worrying about how you're asking the question, however it sort of um, manifests, it you end up potentially missing the opportunity that you know Rich or or, or whoever a guest is or whoever whoever you're interviewing might actually say just a little bit of something that's like we should dive into that more and expand. Mm. But because you're just blind and you're like you're literally like paper in front of your face, just reading the questions go 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 you like and you can miss some stuff <clears throat> some of my boys waving through there um <laughs> the way the, the way you like looked up and off camera then but on that like the, it kind of reminds me it makes me think of there used to be a guy i'm not sure if he still does it because i stopped listening nearly immediately after i realized there's a guy called uh, john lee dumas that made a podcast called entrepreneur on fire and he asked the same questions every episode and that's mm. the same reason why i'd switch off to some shows they don't ask the same questions but they kind of just go very clinical as if they've kind of got the set questions that they've prepped for a guest and then they kind of like go through yeah. the motions get some answers hit hit publish and that's the episode and that's how it felt so i was like oh this feels uncomfortable um and i guess it was interesting actually because I, I picked up a line on this um with a guy on the team today that, that sort of runs our creative and i was like it was, it was like how did the filming go and i was like 
I think it went really well. It was amazing to get the support from the team. And I think it's like, it's going to come out really well. But there was this thing that I was going through like during it. And he said something which I think we spoke about as well, which was like the, the challenge here is to make sure that you can be your authentic self within the, the framework of the new company's brand. I know this is specifically for me and where I'm at right now, but for someone listening, like to make it more accessible or higher value for someone if, if you are going from running your own thing into another business into someone else's business i think the goal should be and there's like a moment where you have to remind yourself that they've hired you because you're you and it's kind of like okay they know me especially like rich specifically knows me because he's listened to like 400 episodes of podcasts or whatever it is. like he <laughs> He knows, and it's like so weird to make the decision. If you just think of it pure, purely logically, like why would you go in and not be the person that they know you for? So why would you change it? So it's sort of like staying authentic, but doing it in an on-brand way. I'd say that's the, the challenge of entering another business. And to be honest, it's probably not even if you're going from like running your own thing to joining a business. This is probably the, because don't forget, I've never joined, like I've never had to move businesses i've just worked for myself for apart from like working on a shovel and knocking doors selling gas and electricity like for the last 10 years of my professional career i've i've ran it so but if you're in a job right now and you go from one role to another and in any way you're doing any sort of like content creation i guess this is something that everybody has to deal with you go from one tone of voice with one company into another company so I guess I'm just experiencing that for the first time. So the people listening are like, Adam, this is normal. Uh, you, this, like this every time you move job, you have to learn 18. it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We've lost the audience, but, basically. But you know, no, I think it's it's an interesting one though because just going back to what you were saying about like finding tone of voice, I think that where while you know you could argue that expert trades because of the the industry that we're in and the nature of it like we're like hey, they're all trades anyway so like they they're going to be your busy mates and it's it's not i don't know maybe we landed on tone of voice pretty quickly because the way we sort of try and present ourselves is professional but not sort of like suit and tie buttoned up yeah because, professional but not like, stiff yeah, like the trade will just switch off if you're if you're super corporate. But at the same time, we do deal with brands as well. So we, you know, when we sp we know the tone of voice for the trade and we know how to speak to the trade because they don't want any jargon. They just want straight facts, cut to the chase. I've got no time for bullshit. Just tell me tell me what you're trying to sell me and let's move on, sort of thing. But let's make it even could, quicker. Could just give me a long card number. Let's just get to the point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, so we know how to cut through the noise there. But then when we do speak to brands, well, brands, you know, even though they're in this industry, they are going to be more professional, that, mm -hmm. not more professional, but more, more corporate, let's say, than the trade that they service. So we kind of, we know how to represent ourselves professionally to larger brands. And then we also know the tone of voice that we need to, to hit the trade with. So I think that's kind of one of our USPs is we actually bridge that gap a little bit as well that we but we get both sides of it i completely agree with that by the way but i think the challenge is is because we've never taken the time to define it is let's just say we wanted to bring because most most of our i guess progression comes from within the company mm -hmm. uh, and then like you danny sorry right now sort of like, like as the, the slts in the team what if we what if we decided actually this company needs a new ceo or a new md Okay, take that as an example, or someone senior to join. 
because mm. we haven't like defined that tone of voice, it's actually really hard for someone to come. I guess the benefit of having the Growth Foundation it's, it's, and their, their clarity around who we are, it gives you that framework. But if someone couldn't join Expert Trades and pick that yeah, up. Yeah, if, if they read our manual, it's like learn it through osmosis is basically. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine for us in the way that we sort of, you know, bring people in and stuff like that. But yeah, to your point, when you're trying to bring someone in that should just be able to land in the company and deliver, you you you, know, you need to know if you're trying to represent uh, the growth foundation. You do need to know that tone of voice because you can't just go out starting to like, wee bit of grease work like lads 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 or however you want to get it done. You know, rubbing shoulders and stuff, and all of a sudden, Rich sees what you've been doing, and you're like, Adam, that's not how we do things around here. And you've just gone up, you've just gone awol and like just gone crazy and signed all these like backhand deals and all that, and you've like that's but. <laughs> you know, so that that's why we have guidelines sometimes. Yeah, a hundred percent. But I think people listening to this right now, because even when I used to think about it, probably not too long ago, I'm like, oh, we're not a, we're not a big enough company to worry about brand guidelines. To, or we have brand guidelines, but like tone of voice and things like that. And I think it's because it feels like a real heavy task. Do you know? Like it's like this is how it just we seems, show up. It just seems unnecessary, right? It's like we're we're a small team. We so when does it become a, we necessary? We don't need a document to tell people what our tone of voice is. You'll join. We'll tell you. You know, <laughs> you, we'll, te- we'll tell you that in your onboarding. Speak to a artist. They're a bit of a geezer is basically the answer <laughs> to that one. Isn't it though, really? That's ultimately what we're saying here. It's like we, because we don't have it written down and we can't say these, these are the, like, the top five ways of speaking to the, to, to the, to the customer or whatever. It's just like, hey, this is Dave. He's been a mate for a long time. John's a little bit newer to the company, but you know we're trying to warm him up. Like that's 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 the onboarding for uh, tone of voice. <laughs> it's an interesting one. Like when 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 does it become a tool that you actually need in your company? And I guess where do you? I don't even know where you'd start with this. This might be if someone's listening to this and has an experience, I could actually bring someone in from like DGF to be like give some ideas on this. But like it feels would, such a weighty say- challenge. I would say maybe though it depends what your business is, right, and what you're trying to do. Like if you're just starting out, like you know, part of the process is. I don't think it does. Part of the process is understanding your customer, right? Mm-hmm. At some point, you need to like put on a whiteboard who your target audience is, and one of those things would, in theory, be, or or, or why wouldn't it be tone of voice? How do we speak to John the plumber? You know, and like it's probably as simple as that, but it's like professional but friendly. Boom, ship it. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> but you know, but you know what I mean. Like that, that's like it's not a full document and not like fully fleshed out. But I guess you would probably, if you if you're doing it right, you are gonna at least consider these things at some point in time. You probably just not thought, well, maybe we need to create a full on document about it because it's just Dave yeah. or John. But but it's but it's also like things that are coming up now that are probably that would just never come into my scope of thought, which are like the color shirt that I wore as an example was a consideration going into the day. I took, basically oh, really? a wardrobe. I took, I took a wardrobe with me down there. I took like I, five I, options. Yeah. But surely the color, the color was like, you think, Oh, what color, right? Not, not the, the tell me the growth foundation doesn't have a strictly white or blue t-shirts color code. No, no it's interesting. We, like, <laughs> we, we don't as from a brand guideline perspective, it wasn't about like, Oh, what's acceptable. It was, mm. I, I guess, 
because with like the creatives, the the brilliant, like they're they're really brilliant. They're like actually bring some options down because depending on the scene, the set, the contrast, we want to make sure. sure that you show up and you you are like presented well, not blurring into the background or it's I'm not like there with like a fucking wife beat a vest on or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> but that, so well, anyway, that's that's just a professional approach to the to the day though, right? It's like you're going to be on camera. We're 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 not hundred percent on what the backdrop's going to be. Bring some options so we don't just end up yeah exactly. blue on blue or or whatever. Just con- yeah considerations, I guess, to how you show up. Uh, where, mm. And showing up doesn't just mean like how it sounds. It's how it looks across everything. I, I've I guess a macro note here, and then we'll move on because I think you had a listener question. A macro note here for me was. I am just learning a lot, which is really fun. And I'm enjoying sharing it, sharing it with you. And then also on the mics, because I think it's starting some interesting conversations. Um, so yeah. Anything else on that makes I'm aware of time. Uh, no, not really, mate. It was just, uh, it was good fun. Just, just getting out of the office and uh, funnily enough, I'd been to London the week before with, uh, with um, for another, for another bit of work. So been on the road a lot. That's why we haven't been podcasting, but they're in the Cal uh, and now we won't be missing them. And on the note of missing episodes, we had an email come in from a Damien Granger. He said, keeping the podcast alive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure when he sent that in and then he didn't hear an episode, he felt truly uh, devastated. He checked his sent items at that point. <laughs> it was like, surely there must have... Was it two T's in the middle or... John, <laughs> uh, just dive into this, mate. Yes, sounds good. <clears throat> Uh, okay, he says, hi, Harriet and Adam, big fan of the podcast. I've got loads of questions stacked up. We're going to drip feed one a week to keep the show going. And this is the only one we've got. So he probably thought, I've just completely bottled this. <laughs> um, brief context. I've been running a small industrial cleaning company since 2010, plodding along until 2020, not really growing and becoming a bored of the owner slash operator role. COVID was good in air quotes for us uh, and revenue was up uh, times five as we offer disinfectant services nationwide. Now the pandemic is gone and our retainers have ended looking to start over. Got got revenue to keep the lights on for 12 months, me and the wife, uh, looking to start similar to expert trades, but for the cleaning industry. Free job leads, trade listing, perks, good community, then monetized through brands and suppliers. You briefly answered my question in a very early podcast and wondered if you would do things differently today. Question, how did you build your initial community of tradespeople? Did you incentivize them with offers, free software, or just borrow their listing from other directories? Many thanks, <laughs> Damien. Of the word yeah, borrow, bo- bo- borrow in air quotes. <laughs> Oh, was it actually in air quotes in the email? Uh, well, yeah, it was it. Yeah, yeah. Quotes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Quotes, yeah. It's hard to do air quotes in email, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, what is an air Friday. quote? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's Friday. So, interestingly, um, there's a few things that actually pop up there, which is what he's doing is actually what the advice I got. So, way back when, when I was first founding Expert Trades, we had like 22 different trade categories, plumbing, heating, electrical builders, all the way through to like carpet cleaning. Uh, 22 different trade categories across the whole country. And the piece of advice I got very early doors was just focus on heating in Birmingham. 
Mm. So become the experts at that one tiny little slither of your, I guess, your TAM, which Harry like pulled randomly out of in a conversation the other day. We talked about business. He was like, ah, yeah, but Adam, we were talking about this product. What's the TAM? And I was just like, I am so proud of you. I just uh, came off. I came fresh off the back of a, an episode of Dragon's Den new season. So there you go. I was, nice I was feeling all knowledgeed up. <laughs> it was beautiful. Um, so it's like just just focus on that slither and then expand, develop your secret source, get like a, a really engaged, small loyal raving fans for that small section and then go from there very similar to like the uber model which is like land in one area get them get it rocking and rolling before you move on don't spread yourselves too thin but i'd already got like thousands of signups there the, i was like too late give me a different idea because I got too late. So it, it, was, it was interesting like i th- i think from a cleaning perspective i definitely think there's something there which is like creating like i don't want to even call it like niche or micro communities because probably a lot of people that would would is, is this, this sort of like target customer but to really like zoom in to like one trade category i definitely think there's uh scope for that and that's why facebook groups have i guess there's not like a general trade we are but there's not like a general trade f- uh, facebook group that does extremely well because the conversations that different trades have they don't resonate with each other. The challenges yeah. and problems that electricians and plumbers have are very different to what a cleaning company will have. So there's definitely like value in like bringing people that are truly connected. Um, and, and interestingly, like the impact that has on like a Facebook group is like the the engagement is technically less in air quotes because yeah. because it's only it surfaces to a random percentage of the group. But if that percentage isn't skewed towards the subject matter in the post, it kind of it crushes exactly it. yeah <laughs> it, it is exactly the word random is good there it's like you're actually really up against it if you've got like 22 different trades within a group like expert trades what you have to do is not focus on the challenges day to day of the trade you have to mm-hmm. like is it the, the work you have to take one step removed and go actually what are the overall challenges of being a trades professional which is where we play um so um re- really interesting i, I think uh, in terms of the question, sorry, I kind of went down a separate rabbit hole there, but in terms of the question, how did we recruit our first community members? There's So the backstory is I did telesales for a long period of time before expert trades. So I was very comfortable making 150 phone calls a day and getting one yes. That was literally the goal. 150 calls, get a yes, which was to book an appointment. So I first thing I did was pick up the phone and just start dialing to use a quote from Wolf of Wall Street, which I love, by the way, that film. <laughs> I had it on here in the background the other day, actually. It's just one of those things that when I want like a pick You need that on Blu-ray, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Talk about June before for the context. <laughs> uh, so um, pick up the phone, start speaking to people, because two things happen there. Is if you just go straight into, well, I couldn't afford it back then, but if you just went now, if I just went into like paid media, because I think one of the parts of the question was like, what do you do differently? If you just went into like paid media now, trying to recruit customers or members into this community that you're thinking about building, um, it's, it's one directional. So the ad has either worked or it hasn't. So it's quite a binary and you've spent money on it. Whereas when you pick up the phone and speak to people, you have a conversation and you learn a tremendous amount. And I would say your superpower here, Damien, which is something that I don't have and you do, is you've got experience, 10 years experience in this space 
you are extremely credible. So picking up the phone to other um, cleaning companies and going, hey, I've been in cleaning business for 10 years. Have you got 10 minutes? Can I have a quick chat? So rather than you trying to like actually just recruit people en masse, I would personally prefer you like find, call it 100 raving friends and fans that want to be part of this community and just lean in, just get those conversations done. Pick up the phone, speak to people, say, here's what I'm thinking, hear their feedback, hear their objections, and just keep doing that until over time, as, as you learn and you take on that feedback, you will then start to shape this product and how you speak about it. It will end up being different every call because you're iterating with through feedback. And then all of a sudden you'll start to get people saying, yeah, actually, Damien, that sounds something I'd love to be part of. Great. Then what you do is you take all of that insight. That's what then cr creates the landing page, your website copy, the tone of voice that we just talked about. That's how you learn it. You just listen to your customer. And to be honest, interestingly, I wasn't trying to make this connection, but that's probably what happened here with Expert Trades, which is I learned the tone of the customer. I've worked in the industry before, but I made 150 phone calls a day for a year trying to tell people, hey, we're trying to build this thing called Expert Trades. We're trying to um, partner with trades professionals, not extract money from them. Here's what we're thinking about doing. Here's how it works. Um, and I learned a lot through those calls. So, and, and that then, that probably did shape how I think and communicate and talk to the trade. But Damien, I'd say there's that. Pick up the phone, start dialing, speak to people. F don't try and get too big. Don't worry about vanity numbers. Don't try and build the community and have... Because you can see Facebook groups and other communities where they've got thousands of members, it's irrelevant. And Harry knows firsthand, like the first few years of expert trades, we literally built the business off less than 100 trades, like 100 true fans of what we did. Yes, we had a bigger community, but we like the people when we really needed to lean on them and get, we need some filming done. We need this, we need that. We got so far with like a few really engaged fans. And there is, there's a conversation going on in, inside the business right now, which is, we actually need to go back to that, which is like just building the relationships one at a time, one at a time, and just doing the hard work. Because especially in this industry, what we operate and you operate in, Damien, is it takes so long to really build that relationship. And what we did is we, we built it, then we tried to scale it, and it's really hard to scale a handshake. So I think what we're doing now is taking a view at Expert Trades, which is let's not worry about the, the big numbers. Like let's not worry about growing this like the five, six, seven percent month a month. Screw that. Let's just go in and go, how many people really, really love us? That's the only number we want to care about. Are we creating value for a small subset of those? Nail that again. We got it pre-COVID. It's a different world post-COVID. So we're readjusting. And I think there's some definite learnings in there for you, which is pick up the phone and just spend the time staying small and get raving fans and people that are your, your biggest advocates start there before you try and grow any bigger than you need to be that would be my advice yeah i would i would agree with that like the when you get the the when you get the few that are your super fans like you say they <clears throat> weirdly the the bigger numbers follow but you might never you'll net you're never going to necessarily have the same connection with the super fans as you do with all the others it's just that's just not how it works but like but weirdly, they kind of bring. It's hard to explain, but say you've when you've got just use it as sort of round numbers. But when you've got one super fan, 
you might they might yield another hundred members in the community, sort of thing. Then when you've got ten, you've got like a thousand members. Um, it's like micro influencers, mate. That's what it is. That's what you're describing. Which is, but what happens is super fan doesn't think themselves as an influencer, but they are because they talk about your business. They're yeah. a, they're a builders merchant saying, and oh, their engagement. Yeah, yeah, their their engagement inspires the, the 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 numbers below them that you'll probably never get to know as as closely as you do with John the superfan, but the it, the value's still there because you're main, maintaining a strong. Is this professional John or Cockney geezer John? It, 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 it depends on depends on where you're at the pub or not, mate. Um, but but yeah, no. So it's it's a really interesting one. I think yeah, but that's that was something that we sort of fell. Uh, we well not fell out of, but we the, we we faced the challenge just due to COVID. So that's what we're kind of leaning back into now. But just one thing on what he's doing, and maybe I'm getting a little bit too in the weeds of it. But I was I'm wondering like how he's doing this, like the the logistics of it, because like is he trying to create this big directory of all these people, or because it seems like maybe he would be much better off just keeping it focused and doing. It seems like he'd maybe subcontract or not even subcontract, but if he does the marketing for people, if he's getting leads, he can just hand it off to a local group, right? If he builds yeah. a pool of guys that he's close with and can rely on. <clears throat> well, yeah, I guess the question that you're asking there is, like, what is the business he actually wants to be in? Like, yeah. it, it, is, is Damien trying to, I guess, be be less on the tools in the industry supporting the industry because he knows mm. the industry or is he actually just trying to become a lead generation lead generation platform and engine for that specific trade category cleaning I, I would say there is some consideration that we need to go into it as to how he makes his money which is if he's thinking about doing advertising and brand deals then what we've said around trying to stay small and go like very loyal with your fan base and, and your user base to start with. That's kind of counterintuitive to what he'll be thinking, which is actually I need to go big because if I've got big community numbers, I'll make more money. Mm-hmm. But I, I just remind him of what he's told us, which is you've got 12 months runway where you don't need to make this profitable. I would say, because I think that's what it said in the, the note that you shared, yeah. which is like 12 months runway. I would say use that as a landing to not worry about commercializing this too early. Like don't try and extract value, just give it, focus on that. If you try and grow too quick because you need the advertising numbers, don't. And I would definitely challenge you to think of a different model outside of advertising. Uh, I think too many people go to it. We went to it. And if I could go back and do things again, I, I would definitely work out a way to have some form of, subscription of some sort and i'm not talking about the trade directory side of the business i'm just talking about just generally that's why we introduced the office package the website package because we needed to build some recurring revenue yes they create value for the users yes that's why we built them but it also created stability and revenue for us so i think working out how you're going to make your money and reverse engineering that super important to do before you start down this journey but i know that's not the question it was asking but i think it's really important yeah, I would. Yeah, I think it is definitely important because you know because you could end up you could end up twelve months down the line with a big community and still no money, right? It's like, yeah, just because we just used to wait, tell ourselves just waiting for like that, that brand deal to come in and spend a million pounds on this industrial cleaning Facebook group. Yeah, because we I, I remember I can't remember where this came up recently with us actually, which is you kind of tell yourself like oh when I get bigger it will become easier to sell some advertising and it's not. 
It's just not. It's mm -hmm. just a different level of value. Whereas if you've got a thousand members and you can't sell advertising, you're not going to be able to sell advertising when you've got 10,000 members. You're just not. And I know people, including myself, we think like that, which is actually the community is not big enough yet. When it's big enough, I can sell advertising. Incorrect. If you can't go in and sell advertising when you've got 150 true fans that are business owners and deep cleaning and whatever that niche is, it just means you have to charge less because at least if you can get a deal done, you can say, all right, when I've got 150 members, I charge 150 quid for easy maths. Cool for this campaign or post, email, whatever it is. When I've got 10,000 members, I can charge 10 grand. Okay, I've got a path now and I know I can, I know I can actually monetize the audience in a way that doesn't piss the audience off and is good value for the brand. Prove that dead small. Don't keep telling yourself the, because we did it, 10,000 members. When we got 20,000 members, it'll be become easier. Doors will open easier. No, they don't. They don't get any easier. Same amount of work. So prove it earlier than you think you need to. Would probably be a last thought on that one. Yeah, it'd be, uh, be interesting to have a follow-up from Damien when he... Uh, well, apparently he's got an email a week, Damien. Let's go. Let's build, <laughs> Damien, let's build this business with you through Q&A as we go and you keep the show alive mate let's go remember damien you can keep this show alive by emailing in just like everyone else can to harrison at experttrades.com two t's in the middle and one s at the end i need a coffee or a beer adam don't know don't know how i'm feeling right now but i drank too much on wednesday night uh, i'm still still feeling it oh it's all coming out now it started off oh i've been working so hard down in london i barely ever missed the kids it actually turns out i'm getting really shit-faced in london having a good time with the growth foundation it's all <laughs> being spilt now sorry on, if you're listening you heard it here he's just <laughs> on that note before we get too carried away age i'm gonna go and get myself maybe a beer and a burger tonight because i think we're having burgers Whoa, guys guy. if you got this far thank you so much much as always mm -hmm. um and don't forget we go back and listen to a previous show where we discussed the network and now you can put your hand up and join it it's an amazing community and again yeah we had a few we had a few people reach out already on that one so yeah, yeah. Re really excited to get more people on board for this one so 100 percent reach out please. we've got a date for the net we've got a date for the next one and i'm pretty sure that's fully booked anyway but we're going to also do i think it's bi-weekly or monthly zoom calls um sort of like hot seats and conversations so very easy way to start getting engaged um and then lastly again if you made it this far and you've got a little one go search for future sharks and dragons because it's an amazing little project i'm doing my boys they're thoroughly enjoying it and i would love to get to a position where there's some listener questions and bits like that for those guys um that's 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 my shameless plug h anything else from you uh, no, mate, nothing from me. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week. Promise. <laughs> <laughs> Promise. Love it. Age, love you. See you later. See you later, bro. Bye.